0: this week on young nostalgia we are your father let's take a look <laughs> hello and welcome to the number 1 most average least consistent podcast in the entire world i'm nolan as always ben is beside me and i guess i should have said like we are your fathers at this point ben how are you doing today big guy <laughs> i'm doing good i'm doing doing good how are you doing that was tough i stumbled you yeah. i stumbled you yeah. so i know i know i did a good intro when ben doesn't know what to say after it <laughs> i'm doing it right uh, also
1: are you drinking a jug of milk right now Uh, No, it's definitely uh, eggnog from the carton.
0: (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because eggnog is good. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't know how to feel about this right now. (laughs) That's fantastic. Like, if I want a nice beverage, I would never... For one, you're also drinking a beer, so you have a carton of eggnog and you have an open (laughs) beer. <laughs> like like <laughs> <since> <laughs> when do those things go together? <laughs> like that's the first thing I would think of is You know The only the only thing that could make this party better. <laughs> Eggnog, let's go. <laughs> like Well, like well I don't know,
1: like uh just like every week. Well, in recent weeks it's been every other week. We sit down to record. You got to go grab a beer, and then I saw, oh, we still got some eggnog left. I'm just gonna go ahead and snag that. And uh,
0: <laughs> that's the weirdest thing in the entire world. All right, I I appreciate you. Like here, let me just go get this heavy whipping cream. That sounds pretty good right now. <laughs> Do you, you have like something against eggnog or something? No, not at all. I can honestly pretty much say that I've never really like had true eggnog, honestly.
1: Well, okay. If we want to define it as true eggnog, this is off the shelf Smith's eggnog. I don't really know how true eggnog it is, but <laughs> okay, okay, it does say artificial flavor added. Nice. Which the, like the whole thing is probably artificial eggnog. Oh yeah. There's probably like no dairy in it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, anyway, yeah, I know I should probably actually try eggnog, but you know it's that time of year and the season's hitting when Ben's drinking eggnog with his beer. <laughs> I like eggnog, man. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Welcome back. We appreciate everyone sticking with us, sticking around. Episode 113 headed your way uh, in the tragic nerd news of the actor who portrayed... Darth Vader passing away. David Prose passed away yesterday, November 28th, over in London. Um, And so we wanted to take an episode to kind of dedicate to him because the guy is freaking sweet. He's awesome all around and kind of bring to light if many people weren't fully aware or fully known his kind of involvement in the Star Wars universe and kind of how he got the short end of the stick on most things. But this guy embodied Darth Vader and he really loved the true essence of the character and uh was honored to be a part of such a wide you know touching and important part of popular culture so we wanted to give the guy his due as an episode of young nostalgia which is one of the top honors of any hollywood <laughs> hollywood-esque mainstays i mean so it's the pinnacle we of are, my
1: anybody's career
0: it is it really is like when you land on an episode of Young Nostalgia, your Wikipedia page gets updated. <laughs> directly links straight to our anchor page for the show. Uh, wouldn't that be great if that was the case? Right? I mean, I'm sure we could like suggest edits to the Wikipedia page. <laughs> we can become Wikipedia editors and then just only edit the people that we do podcasts on. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny, actually.
1: It would. It would. Yeah, we, I like it. We should do it. Or a listener should get on that. Right. <laughs> right. I'm sure someone listening edits edits Wikipedia.
0: The the few twenty-five people. Oh. I was trying to be a little optimistic with it. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> the twenty five best people in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, big guy. What do you think? Should we get into it? Ah, let's do it. Let's do it. Got a Is that the eggnog? Eggnog and not mixture. agreeing with you? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Wash it down with some more eggnog. <laughs>
1: okay, we're good. I just can't get over this
0: whole like alien head thing. It cracks me <laughs> up. <laughs> we're using like the effects on the FaceTime app, and so I'm a, I'm a, like this 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 dancing squid with my tentacles flying off the shelves and then ben is this bald wide-eyed alien looking thing <laughs> so his reactions are not really shown that well but it's it's hilarious <laughs> it's good stuff uh. all right man what do you want to do you want to uh, go we'll go for his early career touch on his acting career and then focus on uh, his star Wars uh main career after that so what's going on with the early career my man
1: so, before any of uh, any notions of becoming an actor, uh, early jobs included a bouncer at a dance hall, where he actually met, would end up meeting his future wife, um, and a helper at the Henleys Swimming Pool. Um, after his his success uh, in 1961 in in the British heavyweight weightlifting championship. And we'll see this trend continue on a little bit, and how this will affect his future career. Um, He left Bristol in 1963 to work for a London weightlifting company. Um, Prouse also won the British heavyweight heavyweight wow heavyweight weightlifting championship in 1960 through and the following two years. He represented England in the weightlifting event at the 1962 British Empire and Commonwealth Games in Perth, Western Australia. Um, so that was kind of his... Uh, I wouldn't say it was his break into acting, but it was definitely his uh, beginning in 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 the public's eye, kind of in the limelight. Right, right, right. And... Um let's see here
0: I believe I'm not sure if we touch on it later on but um some things to like keep in mind and kind of like what bodybuilding lended him into going into acting was that he actually like trained actors oh yeah Um,
1: well that's that's actually the the very next point we have here is Prowse okay cool. helped to train actor Christopher Reeve for his role in Superman 1978 after actually lobbying for the part himself. Um, Right. And so, you know, he didn't get the part, but he was brought on to uh, help train Christopher Reeve for the part. Right, and the guy's a beast. I mean, if you look at only,
0: like, old pictures of uh, David Prose, it's freaking nuts. Like, the guy's stacked... He's confident, and it's kind of crazy how he was making missing the mark just by a little bit, but he was still heavily involved in Hollywood-esque like screenplay things. And then obviously he did get his shots later on, but the guy was looked pretty highly in terms of training and get people ready for being on screen, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, any time that he. Uh... <clears throat> Didn't end up getting whatever role he was shooting for. More often than not, it seemed like he was still involved somehow, um, mm-hmm. either with uh, stunts or or training or something like that. Right, and the guy stacked like the guy's like six foot six, just a behemoth of a
0: <laughs> and, and super just like
1: jacked. Well, yeah, and, and he wasn't. Uh, I I believe I don't think we talk about it too much in the show. Um, he was going back and forth between weightlifting competitions and bodybuilding competitions too. So he he was not only really big, but he was he was cut as well. Right, right, um, right, right, right. Good call. And he put a lot of work into his physique, aside from just being ridiculously strong. Right, right.
0: Someday, man, we're working on it. <laughs> Twenty six. We got plenty of time. <laughs> Drinks more eggnog. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I had to make it a normal thing. I'll get a, I'll get a jug of eggnog for every show. Right.
0: Yeah. Can you just like ship one to me? Even though I'm sure I can go down to like local <laughs> local market, but it wouldn't be the same.
1: <laughs> I don't know that I want to drink eggnog that's gone through the postal service. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's kind of overnight FedEx. It's kind of a refrigerated beverage. <laughs> I'll take my chances. <laughs> I I wouldn't. <laughs> All right, moving
0: into uh, his acting career and kind of where he got his start uh, over in the United Kingdom, Prose was well known as the Green Cross Code Man, a superhero who was invented to promote a road safety campaign for children in 1975. And the campaign uh, ran from 70, like the campaign itself ran from 71 to 1990, but he was brought on board as the Green Cross Code Man. In 1975, and then remained that ever since. And then through that, he reser- he received an MBE award in 2000, um, which I'm not entirely sure what MBE I, is, but
1: I had it uh, looked up and then promptly forgot it just now. um <laughs> okay, it's right. an aw- basically a like a distinguished achievement award. It's oh, it stands for okay. the. Uh, I don't really understand where they get the acronym from, but it's actually the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire.
0: Oh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Most Excellent Order of the British So it must be something along the lines of like service, you know, for being something that was like yeah, boat it's, safety campaign. It's basically you know I mean? like so a,
1: it, a civilian distinguished service award. Right, right, right. Okay, and Makes you're sense. part of the. Then afterwards, you're part of this like you know club of people who had, who had won it. <laughs> nice,
0: good for him, man. I freaking love that. Yeah, Darth I mean, Vader a, is
1: actually Darth Vader's a good
0: guy deep down.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a long running campaign. Um, you know, I would I would think that they were seeing you know good results from it if it ran from seventy one all the way to nineteen ninety.
0: Right. Right. Yep. And then from there, it just plummeted and they were like, you're on your own crossing the road, kids. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know where I thought that was going, but it didn't end up where I thought it was. (laughs) Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) Um, So notably... David Prose was like pretty typecast, especially with like his background in bodybuilding and then uh, like weight training and physique training for star Hollywood acts. Um, he was notably typecast and for like strongman or like bodyguard parts. Um, so notable appearances were in *A Clockwork Orange*. He was actually a um, bodyguard. *The Vampire Circus*, *Doctor Who* uh, series, uh, *The The Tomorrow People*. Uh, a 1981 BBC adaptation adaptation of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, playing Frankenstein's monster in Casino Royale and Hammer's Frankenstein films. Yeah, there was a well, uh,
1: like Hammer production <laughs> company. Uh, there was a, a string of two or three Frankenstein films that he played the monster in. All of them.
0: oh, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. He'd be a good good monster in that. So like, nothing that was you know noticeably stand out. I mean, he. He had appearances and had parts to play in very notable films like Clockwork Orange is huge, Doctor Hugh, Doctor Who is huge, um, and then obviously Frankenstein and stuff like that, but nothing that really like solidified him as an actor in the acting scene. And a lot of this did happen throughout the 70s. A lot of it was kind of jam-packed in the early to mid-70s, um, and then that's when it kind of comes around to his role in the Star Wars universe in the late 70s.
1: Right and and it's when we say he was he was typecast that is definitely no lie. I mean the 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 list of movies that we have here um, are the most notable, the most recognizable to most people, but I mean there's a laundry list of movies where it basically go you can go right down the list and say uh, circus strongman, bodyguard, henchman, bodyguard again, another strongman. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's almost like that's just What he was walking into every single audition for everything,
0: right, 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 right. Which, yeah, which makes sense, especially with like not having necessarily an acting background. Right, it makes sense. I mean, like the guy is great; he's fantastic, he's talented, but maybe not necessarily in like line deliverance or like stuff like that. Like the running thing with David Prose is that his voice didn't exactly match his demeanor too well.
1: Right, and yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's something that I'm sure we'll we'll get into here in a little bit as well that that's true right that's something I had not thought of um that you know he didn't necessarily come well he didn't necessarily isn't the right word he didn't come from an acting background at all right, um, right. pretty much got nothing but on the job <laughs> training
0: yeah yeah so which is very cool for somebody to to still make a as big of an impact because um and one of the first points here as we move into the star wars part of his career uh he made a big impact just by being on screen so what's up it guy as we transition to star wars what's going on
1: so uh like no one kind of alluded to he actually had a role as frank alexander's uh give it a guess for bodyguard um julian in a film called a clockwork orange uh, made in 1971 um This is where he was noticed by future Star Wars director George Lucas. Uh, Prowse would later go on to play the physical form of Darth Vader in the original Star Wars trilogy. Prowse spoke the dialogue during filming, but George Lucas uh, stated that he, quote, he wanted a, quote, darker voice. Um... A deeper more reverberating voice um, and ended up having James Earl Jones provide the voice instead deeming Prowse's west country accent unsuitable for the character and
0: Have I been pronouncing his name wrong the entire time? Is it Prowse or Prose? I don't know. Have I been pronouncing it wrong the whole time? I don't know. We probably should have checked this out. (laughs) (laughs) Take it.
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> uh, classic young's down to i don't know i was just going by uh. the i was trying to pronounce it what's the word fr- phonetically it seems like it'd be prowse
0: here we go it was the third popular search on google <laughs> how to pronounce <laughs> david how uh, how to pronounce.com Uh, Let's figure this out right here, (laughs) live, as the internet is struggling. Uh, I see why it's struggling, because HowToPronounce.com is littered with ads everywhere. Lowe's,
1: HBO Max,
0: yeah. I love it. Yeah, this is great. I'm going to click on all of them. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. David Prouse. You were right. Oh, nailed it. You were right. It's Prowse. Nailed it. David Prowse. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So, every time we have to say his name, don't say it and I'll click this button. <laughs> It'll say it for us. <laughs> okay, okay, you ready? we are gonna.
1: It's going to make um, the show go like three times longer.
0: <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay. The third point. Start the third
1: point. <laughs> uh. A short history of letting David Browse down during Star Wars filming. (laughs) I'm such a dweeb. (laughs) That's funny.
0: Okay. All right. Kudos to you, my man. You're killing it. Um, Yeah. Do do you want to like switch off and on every two points or so like
1: that? Uh, Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'll do the first couple here. So. Sounds good. Prowse claimed he was originally told that he would be seen and heard at the end of Return of the Jedi when Vader's mask was removed. Um, This ended up not being the case, as any Star Wars fan knows. Um, Instead, actor Sebastian Shaw was used. And I do believe they used Shaw's likeness and voice. Um, Uh I don't think think they dubbed his voice in uh, a different voice on top of that.
0: Right and and yeah and Sebastian Shaw was also the actor they portrayed like as Ghost Vader in the end of that film too like before uh, all the edits and stuff. Uh, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yep. So it wasn't Prose there either. Um and and you know just kind of preface this whole section like there's ongoing like this air about David Prose being Darth Vader but also like disenfranchised from the Star Wars universe just based on like differences between him and george lucas and uh not necessarily playing the full part as he was told he could um so now we we'll are just kind of bringing to light like this guy is freaking sweet but also george lucas and star wars did him dirty
1: yeah from what it the understanding that i have of it after reading through all this information is that it seems like george lucas was told Prowse that he was going to be a little bit more involved um, as an actual actor in the movies. And in reality, George Lucas really only wanted him for his stature. Um, Yeah. You know, he basically, you know, he could have not used Prowse at all and used an animatronic, you know, uh, uh, Darth Vader instead. And it would have been the same outcome in George Lucas's mind. Yeah. Yeah didn't want him to be heard, didn't want him to be seen. He did not want um he 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 did not want Prowse to have anything to do with you know the Anakin, the actual person being Darth Vader. He literally just wanted him to wear the costume.
0: Right, right. And there there is like footage and stuff out there of David Prowse saying the lines of Darth Vader and kind of what it was like when they were filming before they redubbed it and stuff. And you know, it's Well, obviously being longtime Star Wars fans and like watching those shorts, I mean, it's a little like, whoa, that's weird and different. Like it's almost, you could see where he was going, but there were plenty of times where David Prowse would have been just fine as the actor to be behind the mask. You know, like there was nothing stopping that.
1: Yeah. And and, you know, it's, it's one of those things, it's hard to say. Um, You know, I know, I understand that Lucas wanted a deep, powerful voice, which is, if you're wanting that, James Earl Jones is the obvious choice. Um, right, right, right. But would it have been a deal breaker for the movie if Prowse's uh, voice was used for the movie? I don't know. There's no way to know that. I doubt it. Um, right. You know, James Earl Jones' voice is very important to who Darth Vader is, but I don't know that it would have ruined the legacy of Star Wars. That makes sense. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and it makes sense because like, there's a lot of things to also look at when you look at a character like Darth Vader, right? If you look through, um, some of the shorts that actually have David Prowse his voice in there, it is really hard to do. Acting with just the voice behind a mask, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's something very hard to do to like embody a character behind a mask. Just like when we talked about the show The Mandalorian, like. The actor that plays the Mandalorian, people say that it's a very good acting job just because of how hard it is to be behind a mask and not see facial features or see the intent behind the eyes. So Mm -hmm. I could see how maybe like a different kind of voice could fit the character better behind a mask.
1: Yeah, that's true. And, And, you know, I think even if it was Prowse's voice used in the movie, it probably would have needed to be dubbed over again anyway. Um, because I'm sure that, you know, technology for small, very high fidelity microphones wasn't great yet to be able to put like a microphone in his mask. True. Um, True. And so that was probably part of the thought process as well. It's like, you know, we're going to have to dub this anyway. We might as well change it to somebody like James Earl Jones.
0: Right. Right. Makes sense. Look at us talk through like possible scenarios. Why this all worked out? (laughs) Yeah. We'll just noodle it
1: out (laughs) on the air right <laughs> all right you want to take the next couple here
0: uh sure did you um did you actually take the next one nope i sure did you want to go every other i, I don't care i didn't act we took okay. we talked
1: for so long that i forgot i only did one <laughs> okay,
0: okay all right yeah no sure we could do every other um the next one here is in the lightsaber fight scenes between vader and luke skywalker uh Played by Mark Hamill. Prowse, uh, who was not a very skilled swordsman himself, he actually kept breaking the poles that stood in for the lightsabers during filming. Uh, he was actually replaced by those scenes' uh, fight choreographer. So the stuntman and fencing coach Bob Anderson took place as Darth Vader during the uh, lightsaber scenes, which, bottom line, makes sense. But every little thing kind of adds up, you know, to like take you away from the character that you really enjoy yeah being so
1: yeah like you said i mean it's that that is as far as movies go that's fairly common to have a stand-in for anything like that um right but like you said you know a little thing here and there is not that big of a deal but it just seems like he this was happening continuously throughout Mm -hmm. the entire production of star wars um right but this this particular one here i just imagine um Bob Anderson, the uh, choreographer, stuntman, and fencing coach. I just, I just imagine him being like, "Whatever, I'll do it myself. Give me the suit." Right, just be, just being like, "I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm doing <laughs> it myself." <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> moving on to the next one next. here. Uh Prowse felt sidelined by Anderson during the making of Return of the Jedi, in particular. Uh, And he claimed that he was only able to persuade director Richard Marcand that he should be the one to throw the emperor down the shaft after Marcand had tried and failed for a week to to film the scene successfully without him. Uh, So basically, he was kind of using his background as weightlifter, bodybuilder, saying, hey, this is going to go so much better if you just let me do it. Um, yep. I can handle, uh, you know, the the weight and the physical exertion of what this scene requires uh, if you just let me do it. Right. And he probably has a lot of the technique to make
0: sure it's safe in general. So he'd be able to to pull it off and sustain it if they need to get like different views of the whole thing. So, yeah, absolutely. That's good stuff. So, so it's nice to like come back around and then he's like, look, Anderson, you're not doing it right. This is my this is my job. Give it to me
1: yeah yeah and it's and I think part of it even though he did get to uh get to do that, I think the the fact that it took that it took a week of failed attempts before it was allowed was kind of yeah kind of a downer for him as well right
0: right right um. Next up here, back in 1999, it was rumored that thieves actually broke into Prowse's home and stole the lightsaber he used in the Star Wars trilogy. However, after discussion with prose years later, he said that the lightsaber that was reportedly stolen was actually just a toy and not an original prop. He further uh, said that he was never actually given any props from any of the Star Wars films that he was a part of, which is also just kind of like, now wait a second. Darth Vader is like a huge character in this thing. Mm-hmm. And you're not giving the guy that brings the character to life any love after they're wrapped up, like
1: you know, I. That's also tough. It is tough, and I, I would imagine, um, I don't know exactly, but I can't, I can't imagine that a lot of the other big name actors, the Mark Hamill, um, Harrison Ford, they're not keeping some of the props here and there from a movie like true, this. True. Um, True. I know it doesn't equate directly to the original trilogy, but I know uh, Samuel Jackson, I think he kept his lightsaber uh, from that production. Um, and I want to say, now that I'm thinking of it, I think some of the notable Jedi who the actors kept their lightsabers, I think they were actually engraved for them oh, as well. That's pretty cool. I think so. Um. Which makes this even worse that he was not given an original prop. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You're like it, it. It doesn't. Whatever. Whatever beef you had going on between Lucas and the directors and and all that during the making of the films. I mean, he was still part of. You know what is Darth Vader?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like he's a he's a professional guy putting his hard work and expertise to work here so
1: right didn't even get the lightsaber Crazy.
0: I know Jeez,
1: was that yours or mine
0: uh that was mine so go ahead so on the next one
1: Prouse claimed his contract for Return of the Jedi included a share of profits on the film and although it grossed 475 million dollars on a 32 million dollar budget Prowse exclaimed in an Explained in an interview in 2009 that he never received residuals for his performance. Uh, due to, quote, Hollywood accounting, the actual profits are sent as distribution fees to the studio, leaving nothing to distribute to others.
0: Which is crazy. I mean, I, I, I don't claim anything to know anything about how Hollywood and money works, but there's a lot of money that flows through there and and I have heard that sometimes it's just kind of like so muddied and diluted that it's easy for them to just like shoot you in the back
1: yeah and that's kind of that's kind of what I was getting from that as well is that it's really dependent on the fine print of the contract, the wording um you know if the wording is not super clear then they have an opportunity to not pay you anything um, right and that's kind of what I've I, I I won't say it's surprising in the slightest that Hollywood does this sort of thing, um, right? You know, it seems like that uh, that that is pretty common. We talk about people not getting paid, you know, what they should from big name movies such as Star Wars, and it's like this story isn't new to anybody.
0: Right, 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 yeah, and it just sucks, you know, just add that on top of all the other stuff, and obviously, like, there was enough there for them to keep on bringing her back for three films, like, if they were so easy to replace the guy in certain scenes, it wouldn't have been hard to just be like, okay, look, you are just not gelling well with how things are going, so you're not going to be a part of like the next production. But obviously things are going on enough to like bring him back. So it just sucks where more and more as the years went on with filming and all that kind of stuff, the less they wanted to to recognize him. So it sucks because obviously the guy was passionate enough because whatever happened in the past, he's like, whatever, I still want to do it. So
1: Yeah, which is uh, – I-, I thought about that as well. You know, it's as – much as he's been getting shafted by uh, Lucasfilm and and directors and pretty much everybody involved, he's still coming back, and I wonder what the thought process is on bringing him back. Um, uh-huh. You know, I mean, it's like if they're if they're really doing what they're doing, you know, he's not being recognized like he should. He's not getting paid like he should. I wonder why. They're bringing him back at all, you know, because I mean, they they could they could have found someone new. I mean, no one would ever know that it wasn't him in the suit. Right. You know, and so I I do kind of I don't I don't have an answer for that. That's a legitimate. I wonder why they continued to use him. um, Right. When they could have gone with somebody else. Exactly.
0: And I mean, I'm glad he did, because like he has connected a lot with the Star Wars fan base. I mean, he was kind of like the de facto leader and like kind of the charge hurrah guy for like the 501st Legion, which is like a huge kind of like nerd lore thing for Star Wars or whatever. So he he's very much like embedded into the Star Wars universe, oh. especially for people that really enjoy it. Like they know who he is. Oh yeah. So. Well,
1: I think there, uh, there were several documentaries that were, I don't know if they were, really based around him, but he played a very major role in these documentaries. Uh, Uh One of them being The Force's Mouth. Yep. Um, Where's the other one? Saving Star Wars. Uh, I believe he... I think that one was directly centered around him. Um, Okay. You know, so it's... Yeah, you're right. I mean, he has a huge presence with with the fan base. Uh Uh-huh. When he very easily could have washed his hands of the whole thing and said, see you later. I'm out.
0: Right. Right. Which almost makes it more touching that the the guy was so passionate about what the story was, you know, mm-hmm. when so many people almost wrote it off in the beginning, just being like, this is weird. You know, it's never going to take off. But you know, this guy was fully like David Prowse was fully invested, loved the character to death.
1: Well, I'm glad you said and that it's because was cool actually a uh, part of an interview that I saw that, uh, it talked about, he actually went in, he was going to audition for not only Darth Vader, but also Chewbacca as well. Oh, really? Okay, um, okay, okay. And shortly before his actual audition, um, he ended up just, uh, he, he chose to only audition for Darth Vader. And uh his quote for, you know, when asked why he chose that, his, his quote is, uh, well if you think back on all the movies you've ever seen where there are goodies and baddies you always remember the baddie unquote right um right and so he was before even filming before he even got the part he was also he was already starting to you know identify with this character
0: right right so cool i like it um uh- Uh, We got two more points left on uh, this kind of area. So in July 2010, Prowse was actually banned by Lucas himself from attending official Star Wars fan conventions. Lucas had reportedly given Prowse no reason other than stating that Prowse burnt too many bridges between Lucasfilm and himself. And and it's weird. Like, I can almost kind of remember this being a thing or, like, hearing murmurs about, like, this all of a sudden came from left field and this prominent guy in the Star Wars universe was just, like, slapped in the face. Um it, And, you know, I mean, I wouldn't know one to talk about, like, what could have potentially happened, but it almost seems like Prowse was, like, asking too many questions or, like, trying to fix the wrongs, and George Lucas was just like, I'm over it. I'm done talking to you about it. It is what it is. Shut up.
1: Yeah, that's the exact, the exact feeling I get from it. It seems like, you know, uh Prowse was just talking about how he was kind of getting left out of the club and not making what he should and uh you know pretty much all the issues that we've talked about already and Lucas is like uh, yeah I don't want to hear it and right. you're done with fans right like <laughs> horrible man that's terrible I know yeah I I I, I don't I'm saying this not having any evidence to back it up at all but that's kind of the feeling that i've gotten from george lucas uh that i don't think he was super good to work with unless you were uh-huh. like buddies with him right right like he can be kind of a sleaze bag. yeah i think he was kind of a jerk yeah <laughs> so this is not none of this is really super surprising right
0: right so I mean just look at just look at the way he ruined the remake um ruined the uh the special edition of the Star Wars releases
1: oh gosh yeah he he massacred <laughs> the whole franchise <laughs> yeah, it was bad yeah so last on the list of letdowns well last on our list of letdowns I'm sure there probably are more right. um. A 2015 Spanish documentary by filmmaker uh, Marcos Cabada entitled I Am Your Father detailed Prowse's then-life and his blackballing by Lucasfilm, which the documentary suggested was unjustified. The leaks featured in the documentary originated from a technician working on the films. So this is a little bit of... It's kind of putting out some hard evidence backing up Prouse. you know, that, you know, it, it would be very easy for Lucasfilm to be like, yeah, he he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's making this stuff mm-hmm. up. He's just trying to shake us down for money. Um, and from what it seems like, there are actually some documented evidence that this stuff was going on. And and he was actually kind of sidelined. Right. Oh, God. I feel sorry for the guy. hmm Definitely. But,
0: yeah. But, hey, we are putting him on the pedestal today. So, the guy's freaking sweet. Uh, watch Star Wars and David Prowse's honor. Um, yeah, I mean, that pretty much rounds us out. Um, he actually, like, officially retired from on-screen and kind of public appearances uh, in October of 2016, mainly due to just, like, some health issues, you know, just things kind of winding down. Um, and then he did pass away. Uh, November twenty eighth in a hospital in London, England of this year. So, another one of the good ones, man. Another one of the good ones gone. But we wanted to make sure of uh, getting out there his his true passion and what he did for the Star Wars universe. So,
1: yeah, yeah, and it's it was definitely a major highlight of his career, and I think he obviously thought so as well. Um, Right. Which made kind of the bad blood in in there kind of hurt that much more. Um, Right. 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 You know, if it was just something he didn't care about, you know, it it is what it is. But it is it is a bummer that, you know, that stuff happened when he very obviously took his role as Darth Vader super seriously. um, Right. And saw it as a, a major milestone in his career. But
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So, very awesome. We are going to have about three links down in the show uh, description here. Uh, one will just be the Wikipedia page about David Prowse himself, and then the other two are a little bit more in-depth reads if you're looking more into like his career and then maybe his attachment to the Star Wars universe. One is actually StarWars.com, and the other one is like a fandom page uh, about him, and then more like behind-the-scenes stuff that he was kind of involved in. So, some good reads there. Uh, check him out. He's an awesome dude. So... What do you think, big guy? Should we round this baby out?
1: Yep. Yep. Let's round it out. Good show back after a uh, <laughs> another, <laughs> another unintentional week off.
0: I know. It's okay, man. It's okay. It's just good to see you. Good to be behind the mics. Thank you guys so much. For sticking around with us. This is episode 113. As always, your ears and this <laughs> around 40 minutes or so time slot that you've given us throughout your day means a ton if you like what you hear give us a review give us a rate hit that five star and if you have a few seconds just hit that right review let us know what you enjoy it really helps us out uh, in the podcast rankings we're currently number two we need to be number one so give us those reviews you can find (laughs) us on your favorite podcasting apps as well just search young nostalgia out there spotify google play apple Podcasts. we're out there all right big guy anything else
1: no, that was super fun, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. That was pretty
0: quick, man. Usually kind of longer, so I was like waiting to hit the <laughs> back on music, thinking that you might have a little bit more.
1: But that's no, okay. I'll, that's just okay start, I'll
0: just start doing that. you got anything more? Like, nope. I'm good. Nope. <laughs> just dead. I love it. You're the man, dude. As we always say here on Young Nostalgia. Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Hopefully.